Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. You guys, I love having previous Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants on the pod to get to know them better, especially people that have been on maybe in the beginning of the franchise. And just today we have Marcus Pierce who was on Meredith Phillips' season of The Bachelorette. That was season two uh, back in 2004, (laughs) right Marcus? Yes, ancient. You don't have to keep saying that year over either. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are you're close to my age, Marcus, so I, I'm not gonna be disparaging about your age whatsoever. You guys, he looks amazing for his age though, I have to say. But Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. <laughs> makes me feel better. I'm a hype girl through and through, I gotta tell you. So I think you know that by now. So Marcus and I actually connected on the new app Clubhouse, which we're actually recording on right now. And I'm so grateful to that. I love Clubhouse. It's really just been this new platform that has exploded. I mean, Marcus, what are your thoughts on Clubhouse so far? You're on it often, and I think you really enjoy it, right? I mean, I love it. I mean, and uh, just for me personally, with this Bachelor experience, uh, it's been very therapeutic. And it's been great to be able to let out some of the stories and experiences I haven't really told anybody over Mm -hmm. the course of, you know, 16, 17 years. And I'm finally able to, you know, connect with other people from the franchise and and talk about these experiences. And, and, uh, you know, it's been very therapeutic to just be able to get you know that out and be able to connect with other people and and hear what their experiences were and and how so much you know it's similar to my own you know yeah I love it so much I've been loving all the conversations and just seeing you know the camaraderie you guys have having gone through a similar experience and that bond that's created we're gonna jump into your experience on the bachelorette but we want to I want to have you tell our listeners kind of a little bit more about you like how you grew up kind of what you wanted to be when you grew up kind of thing I always love to ask my guests to kind of give me an overview of of your childhood and maybe (laughs) you know just something that we can just kind of get to know you better yeah. You know, I come from a childhood of, you know, two amazing parents um, and uh, they their story kind of embodies my story and what my search has been, to be honest with you. Um, my parents met each other in kindergarten oh and my they uh, sat. Yeah, they sat behind each other and, and my, you know, mom hated my dad's guts and uh, <laughs> they went through that process. They started dating, you know, in middle school. And uh, then they started dating like more seriously uh, in high school, their sophomore year. And uh, they have just the basic movie love story. They were the, you know, the captain of the cheerleading squad and the quarterback of the football team. And they graduated uh, together. And, and so I grew up with this amazing you know, love story that was in front of me as a kid and, and hearing the stories about you know, how they met. You know, and as a kid, being in love with love like that because of what I came from, I think that that was always a, a super uh, core thing for me as, as a, you know, kid, even a kid growing up, like wondering where that woman was for me in my own journey, you know? And, uh, and so through, you know, playing football and school and, and ended up playing, you know, football through college, I think my journey was always, you know, although, you know, professional and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, love was always at the forefront of like that journey. And, uh, you know, it led me from football to living in Miami, back to Texas, and then out to LA. 
and um, you know various jobs from you know from football to modeling to you know being a trainer, uh, fitness trainer, and then managing a, a, cl- a huge club in Hollywood, which is actually where I was discovered for the Bachelorette. And then I went on and left uh, you know the corporation life and went off on my own and and started working with a lot of celebrities and uh, directors and writers and everything just kind of you know the thing that you do out in LA and uh, I've been out here ever since and started uh, other numerous businesses and, and I'm an entrepreneur at the core but you know through all of that again at the center and the core of everything has always been love and uh you know, I thought that I found my love of my life uh, in my early 30s, and I got married. And, you know, looking back on it, I can definitely say uh, what was going on around me and my close friends. Everybody was getting married. Everybody was starting to have kids. You know, and that's actually kind of weird to say because L.A., everything kind of always happens later. But compared to where I'm from, Texas, this was later. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I was seeing all that happen, and I was just like, okay, it's, it's my turn. And so as much as I was in love with my ex, I think that it was more for me, I I was forcing it. You know, I I wanted it so badly. And unfortunately, want and what works don't always go together. Right. And um, and so, you know, through that path, you know, we um, we just realized that we weren't right for each other, you know, and, uh, you know, it it was it was a tragic thing. I'll say that because I don't want to just act like it was just a relationship and it just ended and we were, you know, out of it. You know, she you know, if I can share, uh, I'll share because I don't know how deep you want to go into this, but she was uh, in a car accident six weeks after we were married. Oh, my God. And it triggered a, a PTSD effect. Mm. And uh, that PTSD, uh, which I was unfamiliar with at the time, I didn't know much about it. I didn't have any history with it. After her defiance of really kind of connecting why she was triggered and what was going on in her life, which was all from her childhood, she was very defiant about getting help and trying to help herself and trying to help herself so I could help her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just, it, it was just really sad because she turned into somebody that I, I didn't even know. And, you know, and it was like, so it was like six weeks of wedding bliss. And then it was like waking up in the bed next to somebody that you're like, who, I don't even know who this person is. Oh and so, um, because of that, um, you know, it lasted for about two years uh, before I, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. It was, it was at that point where I was like, okay, if I don't do something for me, I'm going to end up in a very, very bad place. Mm-hmm. And so just out of self care for, you know, trying to help somebody that really wasn't helping herself or us both. When you're in a situation like that, you naturally, my bad quality started to come out because you're pushing and you're pressing and you're okay. trying to make something work that's just not working mm-hmm. and uh you know and that led to us the relationship being over and uh it was heartbreaking you know and uh and it was really tough of course coming from the family that i come from um leaving a marriage wasn't was never an option it was never a thought it was never a get out for me mm-hmm. um so it was just a tragic thing and you know and, it, and i've carried that ever since but i learned so much from that experience and that relationship about communication about you know understanding that it's cyclical and you can be a great communicator but if somebody else isn't participating in that with you it's very difficult to make a relationship work yeah and um and so yeah so that's why i've realized now that you know i i'm looking for something soulful 
I'm looking for a passionate relationship, but I'm looking for somebody that has a healthy level of communication, you know, as a base, as a core, because it drives literally everything on, on a day-to-day basis in a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Marcus, my heart just completely breaks hearing that story. Thank you for sharing that. I know that probably wasn't easy and that is very personal and I appreciate you opening up like that. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, and, and I'll tell you this, if I'm always like, hey, I, I had to learn the hard way through experience and I'm like, if I can ever save anybody the, you know, the heartache and the pain that, you know, people have to go through in those situations, I'm happy to talk about it. You know, it, it is mm-hmm. it is tough. It's not easy. But if that can help anybody out there, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I really appreciate that. And I, I can't imagine having a standard that high set for you so young, you know, to meet yeah. with your parents. I mean, that is just an impossible standard. That's just so – it's not typical, right? It's not typical to have parents like that. It's no, amazing. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not, it's not typical. Example. I, I think – it's kind of like a double-edged sword kind yeah. of it's like it's like a blessing and a curse because you see it that it exists and it's out there that we had mm-hmm. but ultimately again you're pressing for it. like when is that gonna happen for me or when is my love story out there and so right. you know I grew up as like this creative kid even though I ended up playing football I was an artist and I was always that type of a kid first before I ever became an athlete and so I got so wrapped up into poetry and love stories and movies and art. And, and that was who I was and who I am at my core. And then sports just came and, and of course, takes you on a completely different path. But again, like I said, art and, and love and that passion had never left me. And, uh, and I can't say living in L.A. it's given all of that back to me uh, in the sense where being an entrepreneur, I've been able to pursue things in the art world and and you know rediscover my love with that as well and writing and all these things so you know la has definitely been a blessing for me uh it's been you know done a lot of growing up here to say the least well la definitely has a lot to offer and it sounds like you had a lot to offer la they were uh, lucky to have you so i can relate to you know growing up somewhere outside of california as well and that pressure of getting married early and having kids early All of my friends as well were, you know, they were getting married and having kids in their 20s and their really early 30s. And I definitely felt that pressure, too. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's so hard. I mean, you want it to be on your own time and and you don't want to feel that pressure. But it's it's really, really difficult, especially if all of your friends, you know, your your friend circle is moving on. So that's a lot of pressure. and, And I completely relate, you know, to you with that. But I look back and I'm so happy that I had so much fun in my 20s because, you know, I was completely ready when I met my husband uh, when I turned 30. So that was a blessing. But so let's talk about you said that you were managing a club in L.A. and that's how you got discovered. You were discovered. Exactly. Yeah, I was. uh, I opened I opened the uh, the 24 hour fitness, uh, in Hollywood. And right, if you know where the arc light is, I'm not sure if you do, Yeah. but it's literally the center of Hollywood. Yep. And then there is a huge, uh, 24 hour fitness above that. And so I helped, uh, assisted in opening that club up way back when, uh, when it was first built. And so, uh, yeah. So working there as a manager, I was sitting at a desk and a member walked in who I thought was a member and was a girl that was probably about to start hitting on me because she was staring at me so hard. <laughs> and this is how I ended up on the show, truly. I was on the phone with my mom 
And this was all happening in real time. This girl walks past. I'm on the phone with my mom. Not even two seconds later, she ends up right in front of my desk. I put the phone down with my mom. I didn't put her on hold. And I was then grilled about, am I single? And, you know, what is what do I do there at the at the gym? You know, and she was like, hey, I'm, I'm a casting director for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And I think you'd be perfect. And I was just like, uh, um, and I, at the time I had no interest, you know, cause this was a, this is a different time of reality TV and not that it's gotten so much better. Um, but back then you were just like, oh my God, they're going to exploit me and make me look horrible mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, um, you know, and I just was like not having it. And so she was like, well, here's my card. If you change your mind, you know, we'd love to bring you in and talk to you and whatever. So I was just like, okay, well, thanks. Needless to say, my mom heard that entire conversation and she was a huge, huge fan of the show. <laughs> and she was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, you've got to go. And so for the next two to three days, I was pretty much like grilled by my mom about going and just just embracing the experience of it all. And, uh, and she told me one great, great piece of knowledge before I went on the show. And she goes, Marcus, she's like, they can't portray you as anybody or can't put words in your mouth that you did not say or do. She goes, so if you don't get on there and say anything stupid and you don't get on there and say something and partake in stuff that you know is not you and you're getting wrapped up into something, then they can't use anything against you. And I said, huh. I was like, you know, you're right. And, and that's just not who I am as a person anyway. I'm not all about drama. I'm like, you know, on the other side of that. And mm-hmm. I try to use communication as a strength to avoid that type of stuff. And so I, I, I was like, all right, you know, I'll go in and see what happens. And then, you know, three weeks later, I was getting out of a limo. So. Oh, wow. So it was mom because you just you were like, nope, this is not for me. And if she hadn't heard that conversation, she would never have known. You, pro- you probably would never have it mentioned have it to never, her, right? I would have probably never told her. I would have probably <laughs> never told her. I would have been like, ah, whatever, because I knew she watched the show. I knew she did. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I would have probably never said anything because I would have known what she was going to you know, say back to me. But because she was on the phone and because she heard the entire thing, I could not avoid it. That is so. so funny. And that, you know, that just means that it was probably meant to be meant for you to be on the show. And it did open up a lot of great opportunities after that we'll discuss after I kind of ask you about your experience. So you yourself had not watched the show before going on, correct? Actually, I didn't watch the first, what was the first Bachelor's name? I forgot what his oh, name Alex? was. Oh, uh, Alex? Yeah, I had not watched that, but I did. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I was invested in Trista's season okay. for some reason because I was just like, oh, you know what? I mean, this looks like I'm going to try this out. And my mom was watching it, so I was just like, why not? Yeah. And uh, and I got into it because, again, you're talking about a guy that's in love with love. And mm-hmm. so I realized, I was like, oh, wow, I actually love seeing this process. And because that show ended up so perfectly, right. I was like, huh, maybe. But then I started watching the other <laughs> episodes <laughs> after that, like uh, Bachelor, Bob, and all these other guys that were Trista, and it just looked like a train wreck. And I was just like, okay, I no, no, don't have anything to do with this. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I wasn't as connected uh, as I am, I would say, as I am now to the uh, franchise before I went on there, by any means. Yeah, I think now we're hearing, you know, Bob's, 
Bob's Bachelor uh, season was a total shit show. And there was a lot going on behind the scenes oh, that we gosh. had no idea. Um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So you're on the show, and just tell us what it was like. The experience was very, very, um, I'm trying to like get a good word for it. It was overwhelming exciting and new like all at the same time i mean it was hitting on so many different senses for me you know you're, you're sitting here and you you know that you're about to go on national television and not only do you know fans are gonna you know like fans of the show are gonna see you but also your entire family yeah. and um and then you're and you're carrying that you know what i'm saying you're representing your family for the most part on national television and then you add into you know, I'm staying in the, these extravagant like rooms and hotels and I'm being interviewed on the daily with like six cameras in my face. And and, uh, you know, and, and the whole process of getting in the limo with all these guys that are the most eligible bachelors in the country, mm-hmm. um, you know, from being good looking to having great jobs to just being good people. And you're sitting here in this you know limo and you're like, you know, you, you naturally are going to have this level of competition and comparison, you know, like looking at yourself like, oh, my God, how do I, you know, how do I match up? How do I whatever? And so um, it was just it was very overwhelming. And I remember getting out of the limo and walking up. and I, I completely forgot to tell her what my name was <laughs> like complete, completely like was walking off going into the house. And she's like, what's your name? I was like, oh, I'm Marcus. And yeah, so. I lost all cool points on the first meeting because I forgot to say my name. I remember that though, Marcus, and you still made quite an impression. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about you. What? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Did you feel instant chemistry with her when you first met her? Yeah, I mean, I'll say about Meredith. Uh, we, I felt like we kind of had some level of a similar background. You know, at the time she was, she had been modeling. I had been, I had modeled for uh, a few years out of college once I had stopped playing football. And so I, there was a connection there and, and, uh, you know, I just felt like she was very like, and like artsy and into the arts and stuff like that. And so there was a certain level of, uh, interest I thought we had that we shared. And then I thought she was very good looking and gorgeous. And up to that point, you know, you didn't have social media to stalk and do all these other (laughs) things to find out more information. So there wasn't really where there was nowhere else where I could have pulled information about her. But as far as what I knew of her and as far as my first vibe when I met her, I definitely, you know, thought that there was a a possibility. Oh, that's exciting. Because I think that probably, you know, every guy is thinking, if I'm not attracted to this person, this is going to suck, you know, like this is going to be the worst thing ever. So you want that initial attraction yeah. um, to be there. Well, yeah, sure. well, I say this. I, I, it, it's weird for me. I had talked to other guy friends of mine, and I a lot of them agree. There's there's a few things when it comes to attraction. There's, like, the first off attraction. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like, the, the chemistry attraction. You can see a picture of somebody and then see them face-to-face and feel completely different about them. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, and then have a conversation with them, and then that can go even further, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, just off the first look at Meredith, I was definitely like, oh, she's very attractive and whatever, but she, there was definitely qualities about her that in person and speaking to her that, you know, at 26 years old, I was, you know, like, wow, this girl's, she's amazing. She's really personable and, uh, she's cool. 
and uh and in that experience and at, at that time when there wasn't social media to know more information that's all you can really hang on to you know right yeah definitely and you were the same age as Meredith yeah well she was at the time I think she actually was older than me I want to say she was 30 and I was four years younger Wow. Okay. Yeah. You said you were, you know, comparing yourself to other guys, but did you connect with any guys that night kind of quickly, like became your, your pals, your buddies in the house? Oh yeah. That's good. Oh yeah. I mean, it's immediate. I mean, and I've heard that from other guys that have been on the show. It's an immediate thing. And I really don't know how that happens. I guess, you know, very similarly to have a romantic connection, you find these friendship connections where you can kind of read the room and, and have, you know, small talk. Because at that time, everybody that's in the house is trying to develop some level of confidence or right. develop some level of, like, comfort. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the guys looking around the room trying to figure out, like, who here is cool, who here is, you know, out for attention, <laughs> who's the loud mouth, you know. And you can read those people immediately in the room. And I honestly, honestly do think that casting does a great job of mixing personalities. They don't, they don't, they have a lot of the guys that are the same personality. And then they have a few guys that you can tell were like, oh, we're just going to give this guy a try maybe and see how it works. <laughs> For sure. And the guys that you connected on night one, were those your friends throughout the process? Throughout the process. Yeah. Oh, that's and actually awesome. they're my, they're still, we're still connected now. I'm friends with a lot of them. A lot of them, of course, have since have ki- had kids and have gotten married and, uh, one of them had the same exact birthday as me, Chad, and uh, another one I've gone and visited him more than once, my friend Sean. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of guys from uh, from my season. And, and Ian, who ended up winning, uh, was my roommate on the show. Oh, and wow. uh, and we spent a lot of time after the show hanging out and hanging out with Meredith uh, when they were living together. Oh, wow. Uh, How funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You really do develop, like, long-lasting connections with people. And, uh, you know, that that's why, again, I never had anything negative at the time to say about the franchise in my experience because I was treated great. Uh, you know, they followed up with me after I left the show. They followed up with me before the show aired. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just for me and my experience with the show was it was it, they were the production was a class act. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of the franchise is just the friendships that come after the seasons, you know, or, or that are made during the seasons. And you're right. I mean, I've, I've talked to, you know, several contestants that echo what you're saying now and that those friendships did last far beyond the season and they were formed during. And I just, I love to see it. I love to see that the women friendships, the men friendships, they're all just, you know, beautiful results of, of, uh, of the show. And I love that. So I'm glad that you had that. And so did you feel at all sleep deprived during the, you know, the filming or anything like that? I, I just hear like current contestants saying that, you know, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they don't let you sleep until like the wee hours in the morning. And then you have, you know, early filming. You're not really getting a lot of sleep. And as a sleep coach, I'm just very, very curious to hear. I, I won't say I was sleep deprived. I say I was sleep surprised in a sense where, <laughs> like, I did not know these nights lasted this long. You know, like, I was, like, blown away on night one when we didn't leave the mansion after the first row ceremony and it, and it was light outside. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and we immediately left there. And then you, you know, go to the, you, we went back to the hotel, you get your bags, then you have to meet in, in the lobby of this hotel. Then they drive you to the mansion and then, you know, you're getting, you know, you're getting settled in your room and whatever, but then you got to be back downstairs for the, you know, Chris Harrison showing up and handing out date cards and everything else. So it wasn't that like, they don't allow you to sleep. It's just that when you go on a date, and when you're on camera, you better be ready for it to be a long day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I, and even on one of our group dates that we went on, I mean, I think we left at like 8 a.m. And we didn't get home until like 1130 at night. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because it's so hard to yeah. tell, you know, as a viewer. You can't tell how much time has passed or anything like that. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right? How was your one-on-one uh, -on -one with Meredith? Uh, well, you know, I never got a one-on-one -on -one with her. I did get one-on-one oh, -on -one time. Yeah, I got one-on-one -on -one time with her uh, a few times. And I'll say this. I thought we had this amazing connection, and I thought, like, I was, you know, doing really good as far as, like, what I can control out of the experience with her. And, you know, she was very, very, like, you know, she was very touchy-feely with me. Arm around me, sitting in my lap. And these are the types of things you have to deal with as a contestant. Because I was on this group date, and I remember sitting in this chair. Because we had gone on this, like, mud ATV helicopter ride uh, group date. Oh, yes. And, and so I'm literally sitting down in this chair. And I'm all, I'm, like, super, super respectful. If I get my time with her... I'm gone and I'm like, hey, guys, go, you know, go do your thing. I'm not going to be this dude that's trying to get more than one moment with her. Yeah. And so I was very cool about it. And I remember after my time, I was kind of like, not that I was trying to stay away from her, but I just wanted other guys to get opportunities. And I remember sitting in, a, in this chair and she came and sat on my lap. <laughs> and I was, it was so, uh, it was so awkward. Aaron, I can't even tell you because all the guys were standing around over us and oh, she's sitting God. in my lap and I'm sitting in a chair and I'm just kind of like, Oh, I, I didn't even know how to be. Cause I'm like, <laughs> okay, we got all these cameras around us. She's sitting in my lap and all the guys from the group date are standing around us and we're all having a conversation. It was just, and that's the type of stuff that happens on these dates, which are just wow. so out of the normal that you're just like, okay, like, I know this isn't a big deal, but she's, like, sitting in my lap, and, like, all the guys are, like, looking down my throat, like, <laughs> what? Like, what's going on? Like, what did Marcus, how's she sitting in his lap? Right. You know, so wow. everything is scrutinized, everything, and it's just not, it's not natural. It's all I can, <laughs> it's just not natural is all I can say, especially when you're building friendships along with getting to know this woman inside of the house and inside of the experience. Oh, it's yeah. just, it's not, it, it's not normal, especially when the numbers are high with the contestants still. Yeah, definitely. And there had to be at least, what, 10 guys there in the, on the group date? On the group date, yeah. It was about 10 guys. And uh, so, yeah, it was like, a, it was very awkward. I, I just remember that feeling of how I felt at that time. She probably thought it was me not being into her. I don't know. I don't know how she took it. Oh my god! Uh, but I, I just was, I was weirded out. Like I didn't know if I should put my arm around her, or if I should just kind of fall into this, you know. <laughs> uh, but I also think that's a part of being 26. You know, what I'm saying right. and on the show. Whereas if I would have been on there and I was 35, I would have just been like, oh well, well cool. You know, like this is great. <laughs> In my last. This, this is a sign. Yeah. This yeah. Is a sign. She likes me and she feels comfortable. But at 26, I was like. <gasps> 
oh, oh my god what do i do no. i don't know what to do you know so. why do you think she sat in your lap i'm just i'm curious you know I, I don't know. I, you know, I'd like to sit here and like blow my horn and go, hey, because I'm making her feel comfortable and I was so great. But I don't <laughs> I don't know. But it did not really help. And I remember we we're like headed back on this trailer and we're all in this trailer together. And other than my good friend that I had made, like Sean was like my tightest friend on the show uh, when I was there. And we were talking about it, and he was just like, dude, like, that was just weird. That was a weird moment. And I carried that with me for the rest of the day, and I Aww. think I got quiet. And I think it just kind of – I think she kind of took it as like, wow, Marcus is really – what she actually ended up saying about me on Jimmy Kimmel uh, after she booted me off. She was like, Marcus, yeah, I liked him. He was such a great guy, but she was like, he was just really intense. Oh, Wow. Jeez. So that that was that was my uh, <laughs> exiting comment uh, on Jimmy Kimmel live. So, which so, is yeah. not so I was, fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's not a fair depiction, you know. But whatever, well, she's going to say what she I wants to me, say. Yeah, I'm a passionate dude, and I know back then when I was 26, like my passion and my interest, and like you know, I, I guess you can be read as like oh, he's not talking, he's thinking. And, you know, some people are often challenged by thinkers, mm-hmm. and I'm a thinker. When I'm in a room with a lot of people, I'm not the one that's standing up needing all the attention in the room. Mm-hmm. I tend to just look, watch, listen, chime in when I feel like my, you know, opinion can be valued. Yeah. Um, and so some people take that, uh, you know, different personalities take that a different way. And ultimately, you know, by her letting me go, because whatever intensity or passion that I had just, you know, just in, it just sent home the message to me that this isn't, this wasn't somebody that I needed to be fighting for or that was for me because the person that I'm supposed to be with is going to love my, you know, like level of intensity and passionate mm-hmm. uh, way of being and, and, uh, in communication and know that that's a strength and not some certain weakness, you know? Well, Marcus, I appreciate it because my husband is like that. And if my husband was like me in a room full of people, we we wouldn't be married for 10 years this year. Like, I'll tell you that right now. So I think that that it goes a long way. Congratulations for the 10 years. Oh, thank you. 10 years being married in this in this day and time is a blessing. That's beautiful. Oh, what we have is not normal. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, it's, no, it's not at all. I can confidently say that we are literally still on our honeymoon. Literally. Oh, that's beautiful. I love, see, like, Aaron, that gives me hope for what I'm looking for. And I think that that is definitely uh, out there for everybody to have. Yeah. If you get into the right relationships with the right people for you and you're not settling and you're not pressing, and you truly take in what this person is giving, and they do the same thing back. I think that that, that is possible. I really do. And yeah. you just prove my, you proven my point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel extremely blessed and, and, and grateful for that and for him. What I take for what you're saying is basically you're just in your head, which is it's got to be something that is so hard to avoid when you're in a situation like that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much going on there. You're not yourself. You can't be yourself. It, it's just, there's, there's just so much new stimuli and there's, there's all these people and yeah. So I can yeah. completely and totally understand yeah, and that. You, and you, and you also, you have to remember you're in a room of like this one person that, you know, all of you want. Mm-hmm. Then you have like nine other people that, 
want this one person. And so what ends up happening is that, you know, as much as you're noticing her, you don't know when she's noticing you. Mm. And so there were times where I probably was sitting there in my head or I was looking at some other guy talk about something that was ridiculous and I mm-hmm. might have had a facial expression or I might have, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and she might have looked at me and been like, oh, wow, like, why is Marcus looking like that? So that's the the more awkward part of it is when you're on these group dates, there's so many moving parts that you don't even know at what point of that date you're being judged. And that's what sucks. Because when you're on a date one-on-one with somebody, they get all of you, you get all of their attention, you know when they're looking at you, you know, you, you feel an actual vibe between you and this individual. Whereas on a group date, she might be looking at you and you might be in the corner, like, you know, trying to blow your nose or something. And that's when she mo- noticed you the most, you know, right. like, you know what I'm saying? You just yeah. never know, like, when, when eyes are on you. Exactly. And I was just going to say that you literally took the words out of my mouth. You know, that's why one-on-ones are so desired. And, you know, they're, they're just so important to build that relationship. And if you didn't have one, I mean... That's really unfortunate because it sounds like you guys had a really great connection. But clearly she wasn't your person. And so what week did you leave? Yeah, yeah. it was like week three. And um, yeah, and, and honestly, she she got rid of guys. Like I said, it, there was a lot of drama going on in the house because there was a guy that was like kind of walking around the house, like just bragging about his date and just causing a lot of drama in the house. And, and, uh, oh, yes. and so... I, I got, unfortunately, well, they tried to wrap me into the drama. I didn't really get tied into it, but it just became a this, like, rhetoric that was going on in the house, and she asked me about it, and unfortunately, the last amount of time, the extended amount of time I spent with her, it was spent talking about somebody else and something else, you know, and so, unfortunately, of course, that was my that was my exit and she dealt with that drama after I left. I can't say enough about the experience, but at the same time, I can't say enough about how awkward (laughs) it is going into that situation, especially that young. And that's why, you know, I have my own opinions about the age uh, of a lot of these people that are on the, on the franchise. Oh, please Um, share, share your views on that because (laughs) you know, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to sit here and and say, you know, they need to break the age off at this point, right? But there's a a lot of things that happen and can happen and should happen in the casting process where you can get to the depth of an individual based on their life experience. And just because you're 23 or 24 doesn't mean you don't have life experience. But if I ask you a question and I say to you, okay, hey, you're 24. Why do you want to get married now? And how many relationships have you been in? And that person looks at me and goes, oh, I was in a relationship in high school for two years. And then I dated a guy for, you know, a few months in college. And now I'm here. That's not somebody that needs to be on the show. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like you don't have enough life experience and not just a life experience. You don't have enough life experience and practice in relationships. Right. You know, but you can meet somebody that's 24 that was in a five-year relationship when they were coming out of high school and whatever, and they have, they've had that depth of, uh, of experience in relationships. So I'm not all for being like, oh, 23 and, and, you know, whatever, they should be on the show. But 
there's an opportunity that I feel is being missed in the casting process that if you are going to go and cast into somebody's 20s and you're not asking these like loaded questions of trying to get more information about this person's real experience with love and, and, and failed relationships and missed opportunities, that's where the depth is. And if you don't have anything to talk about in the casting process that's worth anything, how are you going to have anything to talk about that's worth anything once you get in front of this bachelor or bachelorette? Right. No, I 100% agree with you. 100%. <laughs> I do because, you know, I feel like that's what's most important. You can't have someone on there that is supposedly going to be engaged and not – you have to have those relationships. You have to have, like you said, that practice, that experience. If you don't have that, how are you ever going to make yes. it work? You don't – it's not – it's just a test at that point. It's just a – it's just a, you know, a risk. It's a competition. Yeah. It, it's more of a competition at that point. Right. You're you're this individual that, you know, and I, and I – like I said, I have so much respect for the, the show, and I do realize why people lose their minds for the most part, <laughs> like pursuing somebody on these shows. I get it. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're bringing somebody on the show that – you know, is doesn't have a lot of life experience and relationships and love. And then you're basically asking them to all of a sudden um, be able to handle this dynamic where there's more than one person dating the same person they're dating. They're not getting, you know, like basically uninterrupted time with this person unless they get a one on one date. So it's like, what do you expect for them to do? They're going to lose it. Yeah, because the, there's a lack of, of, uh, of security there because of the lack of relationship history and you can expect that and another thing people don't talk about with the bachelor and the bachelorette is that just think about this Aaron I'm going to give you a question okay and I want Mm -hmm. you to act as if you are not married I know it's difficult I just want you to go like try to disconnect okay Mm -hmm. and go back to when you were super young and you were looking for love and all this stuff and now somebody comes to you and says hey I'm going to put you on this show with this guy that got his shit together. He's got a great job. He's like, you know, he's uh, successful. He wants kids. He's got a great family history in life. And he's just a good person and a great guy. All you have to do is go to this place and win his heart. And so then once you realize like, oh, wow, that's a great opportunity. Then when you get into the casting process, you're going through meeting with psychiatrists, answering questionnaires about love and life going through physicals, going through interviews. And so by the time you get out of that limo, you're so heavily invested by just being with this person that you have this opportunity, the best opportunity you'll probably ever have in your life to not have to deal with all the crap of dating Mm -hmm. in the real world organically. You don't have to go through, is his job this? Does he want kids? All the answers are there for you. They're answered for the most part. You just got to make it work. Right. Imagine how much pressure that would be on you going into that experience without that history of a relationship in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You don't even know how to value yourself. You're like, oh, my God, I just have to win. But what if this guy is disrespecting you or doesn't like you or he's not giving you the attention you want? You got to remember you're still, you know, in this experience. But there's also a life outside of the show. And I think the contestants don't do enough of, hey, he's got to make me fall for him instead of them just going for this guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of times they, you know, even, you know, both ways, 
that person should be selling themselves to you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people get booted off the show because they're basically feel like they're in an interview process. They're selling, 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 selling. And finally the person's just like, okay, you seem desperate. Right. And that makes sense. And then you're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you really summed it up really, really well. And I don't know of anyone who would not take that opportunity, especially the way that you described it, you know, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that it would be beneficial to have a therapist kind of there in the house with you guys or just at your disposal to kind of be your soundboard, to just kind of, you know, give you guidance, to just have someone there who isn't on production, who isn't part of the show? They are part of the show, but yeah. not like in that capacity. Do you think that would be beneficial? And, you know, I'll say this. In the world that I live in and dwell in, I think that I would 100% say yes, right? Like That's what would be right. Uh, of course, and what we've learned about, you know, mental and emotional illness over the course of the last decade, we realize it's a real thing and more people struggle with it than we could ever imagine. Um, so I think the answer to that is yes. But we also have to remember that this is television. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, people get an amazing amount of, of entertainment, seeing people fail, seeing people mess up, seeing people say the wrong things at the wrong time. And ultimately, I think having a therapist in that process to walk people through handheld handholding them through the process as it's going may void that that yeah. you know that that rawness and what you're truly getting because it may stop somebody that, that's on the edge of losing it or flipping out and having a confrontation with one of the girls or saying something to the lead they might miss out on those opportunities if somebody is there to walk each and every individual through that i would say yes but i would say definitely yes after you leave the show right yeah. A definite yes after you leave the show and and a definite check-in and a definite open option that, hey, we have so much money here at ABC, Disney, and everything else that if you feel you need extended therapy after you leave the show and you go back to Mississippi or wherever the heck you're from and you, we need to pay for a therapist for you for an extended amount of time, we will do that. I love that. That would be amazing. I love that. And um, I'm, and I'm not hearing. Not right. Exactly. I'm hearing that is not what's happening at all. When, you know, contestants no. leave the show, they are just on their own to navigate this crazy, especially now, you know, crazy new world yeah, of social media. social media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just that alone. I mean, I think they should just have a crash course in how to handle, you know, going from well, yeah. a thousand followers to a hundred thousand followers. I mean, if you, if, yeah, if you're <laughs> going to leave the door of somebody going off, I mean, and I, I hate to say this because it, it's, it sounds really bad, but this is what happens on reality TV. If you're opening the door for somebody to literally go off the emotional and mental deep end on live television, you should at least have the respect to give them the support they need after they leave the show. Of course. I mean, that's just, that's a no brainer to me. And it just breaks my heart to hear that, that they don't do that when they have the resources, the means, all of the above, you know, to, to provide And I'll give you an example that's more on the right now, Aaron. Matt James, when I was watching, you know, the last two episodes and that was, you know, the finale and after the final rose, Mm -hmm. the only thing that kept popping up in my head at every turn was therapy, 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 not just for Matt, but for his mom, for his brother, 
for everybody that was involved, I was just like, man, I don't know if he, I, I, I like Matt. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good dude. I'm not sure he was the best choice for this right. just because of some things he had going on behind the scenes that I don't think anybody really knew. It was that deep as far as like the issues that he had with his father and everything else. But he's seeking, looking for a therapist in New York. So and, good. and I'm like, I'm sitting there going, but why is he having to do that on his own? Why is ABC, as the lead of this show, the lead? Right. Like, you're, we're talking about the lead. We're not talking about contestants. You're not even giving the support system to the lead of your show. Right. He shouldn't have to go out and find his own therapist. ABC should be knocking on his door and say, hey, Matt, we know what you went through this season. We have your back on a therapist, and it, it, we're going to pay for it for you. Thanks for being our bachelor. That's the right thing to do literally puts so. tears in my eyes to think about that you know that he is just they're just so on their own after going through such a traumatic and it was traumatic experience it's traumatic it's traumatic, traumatic on so many levels yeah, yeah yeah and you know here he fell in love with someone and then basically didn't even know who she was you know after all of this happened and that whole journey yeah. and everything so you know he does he needs all the support he can get and that is just absolutely heart-wrenching but i'm so glad you brought that up marcus i am so so glad you brought that up and i'm sad i yeah. wasn't in that conversation i'm sure it was um a pretty amazing one they've all been really great yeah yeah i mean it, you know it's been a lot of great conversations on clubhouse and i mean that's why i like it because it just gives an open opportunity for everybody to share but uh yeah i i just feel for a lot of these contestants that you know i struggled i struggled when i left the show and i wasn't i was only on there for three weeks when i went home i was it was like you can't tell anybody what was going on right only probably your close friends only my close friends knew where i had gone um, I had just taken a leave of absence from work. So my work didn't really even know what was going on. And I expected I was going to have to deal with it if I, you know, made it deeper into the process. But I'm returning to work. I can't tell anybody where I've been. Even my friends, I can't tell them what happened. And it was a shock because you don't get closure when you're just not given a rose at the end of the night. Right. And whether or not you were in love with her or not, it doesn't matter. Like rejection is a is a emotion within itself mm -hmm. that you have to carry when somebody did not want you. And it doesn't even matter if you loved them or if you liked them or whatever. Somebody was like, "No, you're you're not you're not good enough for me." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that you know whether or not you think that was your person or not, that's still tough to swallow. It's tough to swallow sure. that you were denied. How long did it take you to kind of get back to normal life, like to just be, um, to readjust? I'd probably say I was starting to, it, 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 I, I remember I came off the show and I can't even remember the, the whole calendar then, but I remember that it aired in February. And I think that by the time it aired, I was just starting to like, deal with it and I was able to start to enjoy being seen on TV and people recognizing me and it opened up of course naturally the dating pool for me mm -hmm. and, it, and it opened up amazing opportunities after that for me as well and so um so yeah I mean I you know it probably took until it started to air and I okay. was able to see myself and and see what the end of the story is like because you don't know like Aaron like when you leave the show 
you don't know what makes the cutting room floor or what was a shot of you. Yeah. And so you don't really truly get that true closure until it airs. Well, and you don't know your edit either. You don't know if you're a villain all that's, of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. So, so you can't get over it until after your show is aired. Oh so if gosh. you leave earlier in the process, you're sitting on that, what happened until the show airs. Mm. That's a long time. It is. It is. Were you happy with your edit? I was happy with my edit. And like I told That's you, good. they called me and they, you know, they, you know, said, hey, you know, of course, you know, the show's airing and we just wanted to touch base with you and just let you know, like, you show as nothing but as you were as a, as a lover and a, a good guy and whatever else. And so we just wanted to touch base with you and just let you know, like, if there's no surprises and whatever oh, wow. else. And I was just like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 You were going to bring up Michelle, mm-hmm. how she had to wait all, all that time for the closure. Exactly. Think about that. Think about how long she had to wait oh. to see her. See, first, first of all, see why it didn't work out for her. Watching the other episodes, watching mm-hmm. the dates, watching the connection, then getting to the episode where she actually left. And then, you know, that's why, of course, they're not immediately making her the Bachelorette. Right. You know, and right. they, they're like pushing it. Because, I mean, she's still getting over it. She was still emotional on on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, like, now she deals with it because now it aired. Mm -hmm. And now she can see what people think about her or say about her or whatever it may be. And it's, it's, you know, I don't want to say here, everybody gets on the show. They sign up for what they sign up for. I just don't think that the audience and the fans understand like why these people can become so broken and disconnected and misunderstood. And oftentimes they really didn't do much bad on the show. Now there are those ones that get on the show and just dig a hole for themselves and not that they deserve it, but you can only imagine how much more of a massive issue they have to go through. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, that's why I started doing like tub talk and just the podcast in general to show, you know, the real, but, behind reality tv to, to show who these people really were or are you know yeah. today and off the off the show because they're it's not usually an accurate depiction of them so you know that's why i wanted to have you on and i love being able to kind of unveil you know who that person is yeah truly yeah so well, yeah i love that well thank you for doing this and, and i i really I mean, not just for myself, but for everybody, I think it's so great and refreshing. And I'm sure for those people that have that opportunity and you're giving that opportunity to that, they're very thankful because, you know, there's always a lot of misunderstanding and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you're misunderstood for even going on a reality show. Certain pictures are painted of you as, you know, you're, oh, you're out for celebrity, you're out for this, you're out for that. When in turn, you could not be the furthest thing from caring about any of that. Yeah. And so there's just so many stereotypes that come along with just even going on a reality show, let alone the experience that you have to go through. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's my absolute pleasure. I mean, I just, I really, really enjoy it so much. And it's just fun to connect, you know, with all of you. But before we wrap up, I'd love to hear those opportunities that came your way post show. When I left the show, of course, naturally at the time, like Bachelor was huge then. I think Trista's season actually was the beginning of the the actual franchise blowing up just because of her success and her relationship with Ryan and them having kids and all this other stuff. So I just think that that was, I truly feel like Trista's season was what put Bachelor on the map. And so, you know, when I left the show, I 
didn't expect much of anything to happen. I thought like it was going to be great for dating, but then it actually turned into an opportunity where I was cast for a uh, show on NBC, a daytime show called Starting Over. And I was brought on the show as a life coach slash uh, personal trainer. And it was, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Buna Murray. They, they're the people that made Real World and Road Rules yeah, and all that stuff, yeah. the production company. Mm-hmm. So Buna Murray were the producers of this. And uh, the show had, had, before this, had been in Chicago for a season. Then it moved to Los Angeles. And uh, that's when I was brought onto the show. And so I, you know, it was basically a group of ladies that would live in this home. They were all struggling with something that had happened in their lives. And they were building themselves back up. And along with myself, there was Ayan Levansant, who is an amazing therapist, life coach, Rhonda Collier, and another doctor, I forgot his name, unfortunately. And they would, we would basically build these, these women back up. And instead of getting booted out of a house or instead of this tumultuous thing, they would graduate from the house after they had overcome their struggle, uh, whether it was with family or a disability or anything like that. And yeah, we, you know, the show won uh, two daytime Emmys uh, for the time that I was on there. So I was a part of that team. Wow. Um, And then it led to um, another job, other jobs on Fox Sports and um, on BBC. I was on a show called Faking It, doing basically the same thing. And I can even say that it led to another opportunity later on on Bravo. I was on a dating show only because I was working with the <laughs> with uh, somebody that worked in casting on the show called Online Dating Rituals of the American Male. And I was on that show. It was, a, it was probably like a eight-episode show on Bravo a few years ago. And I was on the first episode going through my first process of dating online and going on dates. Uh, you know, Bachelor was brought up during that too as well. And so... It's just led to a lot of things because, you know, being in the experience of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, you're on camera, you get used to that type of work. And if you're comfortable in front of camera, which most people are not, they completely change when you put a camera in front of them. Mm -hmm. I think it just helped catapult me into being able to feel comfortable on camera and having conversations and, uh, you know, going back and forth in that that type of way that you need for entertainment. And so, uh, so, yeah, I can't say more than enough about my experience and time on there because I I doubt I would have been living in LA for the last 16 years if it wasn't for that experience. That is amazing, Marcus. Now, are we able to see any of those shows just on like a Hulu or, you know? um, You know what? (laughs) I'm not a big like Reddit and Hulu and what I don't even go and search down these episodes, but they're out there. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Starting over, I'm pretty sure is out there somewhere, uh, just because it was on for about four seasons, wow. uh, and it won, like I said, a lot of daytime Emmys. Then there was Faking It on BBC, that was actually a big show for a while. So I'm sure these episodes are somewhere out there, and I know that Bravo show is is out there. I think it's on YouTube or something like that. Okay, uh, you could find that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to watch it, and I'm sure people listening would be very interested as well. So. 
Wow, those are amazing opportunities. And, you know, I love hearing people say that they are grateful, however their experience was, just for being on the show to open those doors afterwards. I think that it's really important to, you know, remain grateful for all of our experiences, especially if it means just opening the door to, to other opportunities like like it did for you. So um, I love hearing yeah. that. You just have a very grateful nature about you, and, and I really appreciate that. I really, really do. Oh, thank you, and I, I appreciate it. And I, I just feel like, you know, we all, learn from experiences bad or good mm-hmm. and you know and I feel like sharing and communicating that can if again if it can help anybody else or assist help to, in helping somebody else in their own relationships or making a decision to go on a show like that or anything else and have an idea of what it's going to be like and what they're you know they should ready themselves for like I, I think that's that's great that's why I love what you're doing because it, it opens up the world to see like what truly is going on with these with these characters and these people because we're real you know we're, yeah. we're characters on a show and we're painted in a certain way and and when things happen but we we are real people right. and, and we do come from families and we do have you know other people in our lives that you know depend on us and love us as well so exactly i think that's the disconnect for a lot of people that just watch us on tv yeah, no, it absolutely is. And yeah, you said it so perfectly. Well, where can people follow you on Instagram, Marcus? And uh, any projects, upcoming projects that you have going on that we can, will be able to see you um, on TV or something well, that's behind um, the scenes? <laughs> well, my, uh, my Instagram handle is at it is Marcus. And on Clubhouse, I want to say it is just my full name. It's just at Marcus Pierce. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like projects, I mean, of course, COVID has played a huge role in in, uh, in my art business that I have and everything else. So, I mean, who knows what this year holds uh, for me when it comes to TV and whatever else. But right now, I'm just building a good group of friends and people around me, especially through Clubhouse and, uh, you know, just getting my team around me, even like yourself. And, uh, you know, my major thing is I just want to help people. You know, and that's through art, through creation, through you name it, you know, through my fitness company as well. Uh, I think I've dedicated and I realized that in the last year, I've really dedicated my whole life into assisting and helping and talking. And um, and so if I can do more of that on a larger uh, forum, I would love that because it just allows me to be myself and and uh, and lend a helping hand to anybody I can. Yeah, same. And I can completely relate to you on that level as well. What is your sign, by the way? Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm a Leo, but I we do we love to help, and that's just it's just who we are. My mom, my mom's a Leo, so I I know Leos very well. My best friends, my best friends, a Leo. So, ladies, he is single. So if you want to slide in those DMs. I love it. <laughs> always hyping, always hyping. Um, but you are truly a gem. You are truly a gem, Marcus. I am so grateful to, to Clubhouse that we connected. And I really, really enjoyed this this open and honest conversation. I think that people will just really love it and uh, and love getting to know you better. Thank you for getting cozy with me. And uh, I, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I know I'll be seeing you on Clubhouse. And again, just take the best care. If I'm in L.A., I'm looking you up. We are grabbing a drink for sure. Oh, please do. I'd love that. I love that. That would be so That'd much be fun. Great. Yeah, definitely. Well, stay safe, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. 
And, uh, you know, we just, we really appreciate all of you that have been supportive of the franchise. Those of you who have watched from season one, like me, or just tuning in from this current season, um, you know, it's just, it's so much fun to t- talk about. And there's so many good conversations that come from it. So let's keep that open dialogue um, going. It's really, really important. And again, thank you yes. so much to my guest, Marcus. And uh, hey, <laughs> you guys. Stay you, safe. Aaron. Of course, of course. I'd love to have you back too. Um, you guys, please stay safe and always stay cozy. Till next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.